All right, Joey, it's time. We're doing it. We're doing 20 XDX. Yes. Wait, have we done this before? I don't know. I'm feeling like we have. I don't know. Ah, whatever. Ah, well. Welcome to another episode of Xtreme. My name is Zach. My name is Joey. And this is a podcast where we dig deep on your favorite video games. That's right, Zach. So let's talk a little bit about 20XDX. Yes, which apparently that's how it's pronounced. I Yeah, I just learned that maybe about five minutes ago. <laughs> Unless it's not and like the website I saw it on was lying. Oh my god, this would be such a great troll moment where we're getting fucked over hard. <laughs> just be like, yeah, just let them feel like that's how it's pronounced. Even if it's not that, it's going to become a thing now. Exactly. It's like saying, like, yeah, it's potato. <laughs> and it's like, no, I'm not from, like, northeast Boston, all right? Like, that's not how this works. It's no, that's actually potato. That's, that's, a, that's the original. Get out of my house. <laughs> Get out of my house. Wait, you're not in my house. Never mind. <laughs> this is a figurative get out. Anyway, get, get in here and talk to me about 20XDX. That's right. Okay, this game so it was, is awesome. This game is super cool. Let's give a little backstory on it, though. Right. Not internet backstory. I'm not... We're not... That's too no. early. We've been... We're recording for about a minute and a half. I can't... That's too fast. Internet back... Okay, no, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Released in August 16th, 2017 initially, uh, published by Battery Staple Games, which I believe um, in a Reddit thread interview is related to a uh, XKCD joke, you know, the webcomic? XKCD? Yeah. Mm, okay. They do like science jokes. Okay. Yeah, it's like stick figure drawings. Check them out, they're right, funny. Okay, They've been yeah, doing yeah, this yeah. shit for like... A ton of years. Yeah, yeah. Um, headed by Chris King. Uh, the arts direction by Zach Ertz. Ertz. I'm so sorry, Zach. Um, composed by, and the music was composed by Brandon Ellis. Uh, a lot more people did work on this game, but we'll talk about them later. Uh, these are the people who came up first on the Wikipedia page. <laughs> All right. Perfectly so, good order to do it in. <laughs> Way to bias my perception, Wikipedia. <laughs> but let's talk a little bit about this because I'm actually not playing it in the original uh, when it came out on Steam on PC. Um, I'm playing it actually on the Switch right now. That so is, there's awesome. some minor. D yeah, I mean, it feels like this is very at home yeah. on a console like Switch. Yeah. yeah. Uh, these kind of games, because this is a roguelike Mega Man X. Uh, platforming action platforming game um and that kind of game is definitely meant for short bursts of play like when you're in transit when yeah. you have maybe about five minutes to spare uh, it's perfect because levels level. each level is maybe about five minutes long yeah they're pretty short yeah even if you're like taking your time yeah. the level doesn't stretch on for that long yeah um so having it on the nintendo switch seems like a perfect fit um, so I picked it up and I've been really just playing around with it. And this is kind of going to be a bit of a different way that we're going to review because normally 
there's a set path from beginning to end here. Right. But with a roguelike, you're expected to die a lot. A lot. Yeah. Well, I don't expect you to get through it on the first go. Let's <laughs> put it that way. Which is um, a good if thing. If you can, which is a good thing, because that adds to the replayability. Yeah. Uh, but that also that also adds to the value proposition, I guess you could say, about why this game is so good in the first place. Right. So enough gushing about it. Let's talk about it. Okay. Um, we, so start from the jump beginning? right into the. Well, before we even do that, there's a quick intro cutscene. Yeah. Um, but for me, um, I think there was a bit of an issue on uh, the port to the Switch for me. Uh huh. Um, because I looked this up online, the intro takes about I don't know forty seconds or so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where they like go through and. There's like rampaging robots and the scientists are like, don't worry about it. We got this under control. And then they contract you out to come and take care of shit. Um, that took about 40 seconds normally. Uh, something about the switch port got really messed up. Because hmm. do you know how long it took to run through that on the switch? How long? It took 10 seconds. Uh. It, it's, it, it was like so compressed. Uh, and it's not like these are like high fidelity visuals. It's like right. the art, same art style that you see throughout the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not. It's like fading in, fading out pictures kind of thing, uh. or like some like little motion that's on the page, but nothing too intensive. But for some reason, the video compressed so much that it was skipping to the point where every four seconds was a second. Okay. In yeah, this that's, video. That's weird. I was really confused because I saw the like video go by and I'm like, this can't be right. So I, I took it upon myself to look it up. And yeah, it, I, something must have gone wrong with the porting. Uh, Note to Chris King, maybe look at that in an update. <laughs> yeah, I guess they're still updating it. I mean, it was just ported. So yeah. there's bound to be a few issues. I assume there's going to be a patch yeah. coming out for that. Yeah. And because everybody's so butthurt, about the visual, the visuals for the actual icon itself, which I think is fine. People are just in a tizzy because it has giant anime eyes. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know why people are gonna compl- People are gonna find a million reasons to complain yeah, about. There's always things. gonna be people complaining. So I wouldn't worry about it. Um, but I guess we jump right into a run as you yeah. get started. Classic so, Mega Man. Kind of thing. Classic Mega Man. You turn it on, and then boom, you're in it. Uh, yeah. You're in the f- you're in the first run, maybe. I don't know. Um, like intro stage, tutorial. Yeah, initially, yeah, initially I thought it was the first run because I was like, all right, here's the Mega Man. We're jumping into the game, and it's just gonna be the game. Um, right. Eventually, I did learn that it is not, and that <laughs> was just merely the tutorial. Yeah. Um, but as you move through... That's a good way to throw you into the tutorial. Exactly. Literally throws you into the tutorial. Puts you on a conveyor belt that falls... That drops you into the stage. Yeah. Um, so interesting way to literally be thrown into the action. (laughs) Uh, but basically it's, it's so obviously a tutorial area because the walls are lined up with button inputs, uh, that show you, that show you even like visualizations of your character doing the action. Yeah. Um, which is weird and meta all at the same time because it's like you in a box 
doing the action continuously while you yourself watch yourself do it. Right. <laughs> so already we're like metaphysically confused here. It's like, so we are re- are just like off of an assembly line, I guess. Like the models of, of the robot, robot that were here. Yeah. Um. So it's it, it already we're getting with the existential crisis in a roguelike Mega Man X platformer because that's what I like. In yeah. my platforming games, dreading the existential crisis that we are one of many. Classic. Have, <laughs> Classic have, like, Mega Man. We're going to have, like, the main character locking off in the distance at the end of the game. <laughs> I mean, that wouldn't, be, that wouldn't be too far <laughs> off from what Mega Man X was. Yeah, they had that. Was it, was I, it like, Mega Man X 2? Every, every Mega Man X had that. <laughs> Yeah. So if anything, maybe this is just a, a deep, deep homage to that. It totally is. Uh, so as we move through, though, the design, like, the the artifacts are very interesting. It's a very, like, hand-drawn style, um, from what I can see, in, the, in, in certain parts. Or it's... How do I... How can I describe this? Honestly, I feel like they might be able to describe it better, but... Um, it seems like a combination between computer generated and partial hand drawn art aesthetics. Okay. Um, yeah. Because a lot of it does kind of seem like it came from some some sort of game maker program. I don't know. I'm not a hundred percent on that. Um, but it does seem like there was polish put into a lot of the enemies and a lot of the bosses and obviously the main characters. Um, but the design, like the environment itself. Like the lava that's in the first area here, yeah. they went ham on these like heat effects that yeah. show from the lava. Like you go down close to the lava and your character starts getting blurry because you're so close to the fucking heat. Yeah, it's really detailed. It's, it's a awesome. good little detail, honestly. Yeah. Um, so I can appreciate that. Kudos to the to the art team there. Um, and then I guess as you move through, you're introduced to your first power up, which is the boomerang blade. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I believe is always the same in this tutorial area. You always get the boomerang blade. Right. So yeah, it's, the tutorial is probably the same for everyone. I played through, I watched a few different videos of people going through it, and it always seemed to be the boomerang blade. So yeah. specifically, they wanted to pick this one. Um, now, I can't say why exactly they specifically chose this one, but I do have a theory. Okay. Which is going to come right after this break.
what I was saying, I think it's an homage to Mega Man 2. Mega Man 2. Or Mega Man also. Yes, not even Mega Man X. Mega Man X. Not Mega Man X. <laughs> not Mega Man X. And not Mega Man also. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Mega Man the number. Okay. Because um, it's similar to one of the most, uh, from what I understand, the most appreciated upgrades in a Mega Man game, which was the Metal Blade. Mm-hmm. Um, it literally is a rotating metal blade, Ooh. first off, on the Boomerang Blade. Um, and it can be shot in all eight directions, just like the Metal Blade can. Right. Um, the only difference is that the Boomerang Blade comes back, whereas the Metal Blade just kind of keeps going. Right. Uh, but it's pretty much a similar homage to that weapon itself. I like that theory. Yeah, and in that sense, it also helps you understand how to implement these power-ups, because once you get that, they give you a barrage of these bat-like enemies that come at you. Yeah. And they're just like, hey, weapon plus tons of bats equals a solution to your problems for right now. (laughs) So they're just begging you to use it with the bats. And then you realize, oh, wait, this thing plows through enemies like there's no tomorrow. Fantastic. Um, So you can see the use case for actually using these weapons in stages alongside using them specifically for bosses. Yeah, it's almost like conveyance oh my god it's my favorite c word <laughs> my second put in the favorite. conveyance bell paul yeah <laughs> Woo! that was a noise <laughs> it was something it was not was something nothing right well paul. i don't <laughs> I'm sure it was definitely something. It was probably definitely something. <laughs> but I think, yeah, because I think they did that. Again, I'm putting words into the developer's mouth, but um, in Mega Man X games, you're kind of conditioned to not use your special weapons until you get to the boss area. Right. When you can kind of just wail on the boss with the special weapon and use up all the ammo there. Yeah. Um, But in this game, it's kind of more understanding that you use the special weapon outside just to survive because you don't have the luxury of if you die, Mm -hmm. you can just keep going. Right. This one's like, you need to use your full arsenal. Otherwise, you're going to die and just lose everything anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it wants to explain, like, look, you you can't be afraid of just using these special weapons. I know you have a limited power gauge here, but you got to be okay with using it. You're going to get some of that that energy back throughout just playing the game but i would suggest if the situation is right you use it yeah yeah that's good um so so i think it's a good little area to kind of explain that and also uh disassociate itself from what you've been taught from previous games in the mega man x series right like mega man x uh you don't need any of the power-ups basically unless you're facing the boss yeah oh it's rare i mean the I mean, a lot of the games like that, you can actually just play through the game without power-ups and yeah, at all. Even, even yeah. like, yeah. I mean, this game probably too, but right. I mean, now we're getting into some of the meta shit. Yeah. Um, let's keep going, though. There's absolutely no dying allowed in this tutorial stage, by the way. Um, I just tried for the heck of it, yeah. jumping in the lava about seven times, uh-huh. and nothing happened. Oh, yeah, because there's no health or anything. There's no health, so you just die and it's like, flip, you're back. 
By the way, the dying in here is very quick. Uh, there's no dying, per se, as, like, you just lose a bar of health, and it immediately plops you back onto the last platform that you were at. Right. Um, the, so it's very yeah. convenient, because it doesn't take you out of the action. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it, it keeps the flow moving right. forward. Well, a lot of games seem to be doing this nowadays. Because, like, the... Well, yeah, especially for this kind of game where it's like heavy on the in, the action, yeah. and like really wants you to move forward. If it bogged you down by like you've died or like you've taken damage, and now you wait to respawn over the yeah. no, that would have bogged this down so much. That was so fact, ten years ago. Exactly. Like I don't have time for that. Yeah. It's also like the change in market. Like a lot of people may be playing this again on in transit or wherever they don't have time to wait for that shit they just want to keep going yeah and even people like me who don't have a ton of time on their hands just like i gotta keep going i don't have time to wait for this shit yeah so it's a good it's a good idea um and as we move forward you end up fighting your first boss al the friendly robot <laughs> Huh. Alrighty. Um, it's not too intensive a fight. Just has basic laser shots and also does a wall of lasers eventually. But that's about it. Doesn't really have anything special. Again, it's a tutorial boss to kind of right. get you acclimatized to how the game is going to be when you're actually in it. Yeah. Uh, speaking of which, I think we talk about actually being in the game now. Because once you finish this, you go straight to the hub world. That's right. Good intro stage. Yeah, it's a very good intro stage, and it leads you right into the hub world where you see all of the different actual options that are available to you Yeah. upon starting a new run. Right. Uh, so, like, a lot of different options available for you uh, at the beginning of each run. Um, there's items that you can unlock. Uh, there's, like, both permanent upgrades and semi-permanent upgrades. Right. Uh, like, there are some that you can just buy for one run. Uh, some or some that you can invest in for like to have always yeah um at the top of this of the hub area there's also six different challenge types that you can kind of just go into whenever you feel like it four of which change either daily or weekly yeah that's cool so there's a lot of new content that's going to be consistently there even after you've beaten the game how however many times yeah um you can even also immediately off the bat play as the, the person guy. you were playing as before, which is Nina. Yeah. Or you can play as this other person named Ace, who you saw in the beginning. Um, in Mega Man X terms, Nina is Mega Man X, <laughs> and Ace is Zero. Yeah. Uh, like, that's just who they are. One has a gun, and the other has a sword. And one is blue, and one is red. Exactly. So you're already kind of acclimatized to how these people are going to play. Uh, but I think it's time to jump into our actual first run. Do it. All right, first run for real. So I jumped into level one, and for me, it was Rollster Beta. All right. Or, well, sorry, Rollster. Um, so, the ch so let's talk a little bit about not particularly the stage itself, but I wanted to talk about chunking. I'm not talking about, like, puking. <laughs> I'm talking about, like, how the stage is built. Okay. Um, and I think actually... Chris, Chris King himself, can actually explain it a bit better in this quote here that we have from video clips. So, not video clip, this interview clip. Paul, cut that part out where he said it was video. And just, yeah, it's, 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 
And the levels are procedurally generated, which uh, is interesting to me. Like, how do you balance that with, in my eyes, the Mega Man games are always pretty heavily about level design. Like, that was an important part of them. Yeah, so this game differs a lot from the traditional Mega Man games because of the, the roguelike nature. So it's much more akin to something like Rogue Legacy or Crypt of the Necrodancer, where we have kind of chunks that we stitch together that are designed, and then we stitch together how they work, and you have to go and explore the level, kind of find what's out there, so it feels like a different game. Um, it's not exactly the same as your traditional, well, I always know the pattern of every single enemy and where they're going to be, but it adds to replayability so much. So it's I'm an interesting design tact here. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's kind of based on how most roguelikes work, in a sense, but to see it kind of functioning that way in an action platformer is a very cool idea. Right. Fresh. Very fresh. But the chunks that I happen to run into are heavily focused on very precarious platforming uh, across pretty sure. daunting gaps. Yeah. <laughs> it's like all platforms. Exactly, which is an interesting change away from, like, original Mega Man X. Yeah. Because, I mean, they did have those moments where you jump across very precarious platforms, but it was kind of punctuated right. within the stage. It's not everywhere. Like, it's not everywhere. Um, a lot of the times they would just have straightaways where it's just kind of, like, not too much there. Yeah. I mean... Or, or enemies, I guess, it, instead of... Or, like, a lot of enemies instead of platforming. Yeah. Uh, but a lot of the times they just kind of really throw platforming at the wall here and then throw some enemies in yeah. to the mix yeah. alongside it. Um, but it, that wouldn't, that's not really a problem here because the controls are just exceptionally fluid. Oh, yeah. Like, the dashing feels, feels great. Um, the jumping is on point. There's little to no lag, honestly, when you're jumping up walls. Right. Um, it, like, you basically stick to the wall <laughs> as opposed to, like, jumping outward, which is good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and the jumping feels very responsive. So it doesn't really impact it so much. Um, I guess... What you'd really need to be good at is jump dashing, which is a key skill for any Mega Man X player. I the, mean, it's also like the best, it's like the most fun thing to do, I find. Oh, yeah. Mastering a jump dash and being able to consistently do it makes the game infinitely more fun. Yeah. Um, but I think we need to take a quick musical break, if that's okay. Let's what do you think? Do it. Do you agree? Paul, do you agree? All right.
want to talk a little bit more about the controls themselves. Cool. So they can be modified to a point, but not exceptionally. Um, like personally, I would have loved to have had the dashing on the on the very large uh, ZR button as opposed to just the regular R button. Uh-huh. On a Switch controller, if you take a look at it, the R button is pretty thin and small as opposed to the ZR button, which is fat and has right. a lot more give. Yeah, yeah. And I have very fat fingers. <laughs> um, so sometimes it's just not... My finger just doesn't feel right there. I like having that little gap that I could kind of slip my finger into and just keep it there. Right. But that's just a personal preference. But, Especially I mean, you can... Exactly. But, I mean, they do offer the option to, like, double tap to dash... So yeah, they do like, offer some changes there. I don't know. I never double tap. I, I mean, I like having it on a on a on a button. You could actually move dashing to a face button if you wanted. Yeah. But I don't know. I've always wanted it on. I think having it on a shoulder button is where it's supposed to be. Yeah, that's just the most natural thing. Exactly. Um, but as you move through the stage, you're gonna notice there's a ton of pickups, which they call ogs. Ogs. Which are dropped from chests. Of various different <laughs> shades yeah. and sizes. Um, in the beginnings, you're mostly going to get wooden and steel chests. Um, but as you move through and kind of defeat more or find secret areas, which are kind of scattered throughout each stage, um, there's actually not too many secret areas, but you'll get yeah. um, these uh, these augs that will help upgrade will you auxiliary. for the... <laughs> we want to try that sentence again. They will augment. There, your, there you, there you go. <laughs> they will, they will, uh, they'll auxiliary your abilities. <laughs> yeah, words are hard. It's not like this is the seventy ninth episode of our podcast or whatever. <laughs> um, but yeah, it'll help. Kind of, uh, in this specific run, augment your abilities to. Either make your attacks more powerful, make you faster, what have you. Um, but as you move through, these are kind of absolutely necessary as you go through the game. Because mm-hmm. as things ramp up and get more intense, you're going to be very yeah. happy that you have these minor like abilities. They, and some of the augments, oh, yeah. they stack, actually, which is cool. Yeah, uh, like, they're kind of like power-ups. Exactly, but like you can get like multiples of these power ups that stack on top yeah. of each other. Like they have the yeah. basic attack one that gives you plus two to your attack, but you can get like three of those, and then that's like plus six to your attack. Yeah. So it's cool that they. It's not like you get one and it's like, oh, you already have this. Do you, you yeah, want to yeah. get it? No, it's just like who cares? Just keep stacking. Yeah. Which yeah, makes and it like, great. You're gonna need it. Exactly, you are gonna need it because there's gonna be a lot more enemies that take more hits to take down. Um, so you're yeah. going to need that extra firepower, or you're going to need that maybe boost of speed to get through a platforming section. Right. Um, so as you go through, though, specific parts of chunks are designed with, honestly, limitations in mind. Um, specifically for me, I noticed that some of the areas have, like, fire geysers that don't allow you to climb up certain walls. But it's not like they have the fire geyser up the entire wall. It's very specifically at the edge of a wall. So okay. that you can't actually latch on to the wall and climb right. it. Right, So right. they're very precisely placed yeah. to stop you from going to a certain spot. Unless you have an upgrade. Right. Um, 
This is very interesting because it's they could have just kind of made it so that the entire wall would have been fire, but I guess to kind of save on space in the actual procedural generation, it was only really necessary to put it at one spot because that gets the point mm. across. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so it kind of says like, hey, you you really don't need to go up here. There's nothing here for you. Yeah, okay, cool. Uh, but but then sh- why have the wall there? Well, I mean, it's got to be, it's an indoor area, so sometimes they got to block yeah. it off. Yeah, yeah. Um, but as you move through, you'll honestly also know you'll you'll find out as you go through. There's extra hard areas that lead to extra loot, which are the augments. But we already kind of talked about that. Um, and now you're in the boss room. Well, wait a minute. Actually, no, you're not. Um, you can actually before <laughs> the boss stop and exchange money, which is bolts, I guess, for bolts health. Are- no, not at the token thing, or... Um, well, we'll talk about maybe tokens a bit later. Uh, okay. Um, but you can exchange money for health before, and it's a good idea for trade-off, because these bolts, um, or sockets, or whatever, um, yeah. are only available to you in the run, so you may as well just use them, but um, in, yeah. the, in, the, in this area, it's actually, you can just get one health for one socket. Or one bolt. So it's actually a pretty good deal. Um, Why not? Because, I mean, it's also the first area. They want to make sure that you have fun. So it's yeah. like, if you're hurting, then just kind of take it easy. Uh, but then you actually get to the first boss, which was Rolster. Yay! Um, it throws boomerang blades, which was interesting, because it was the first one that I ran into in the tutorial. Uh, yeah. So I already kind of knew how it would work. Um, I don't know if that was intentional or just kind of coincidental, because of how the game oh, maybe. created itself, but uh, it kind of seemed to line up for me personally. Maybe um, it was a uh, little foreshadowing. Perhaps, but uh, the boss is not too intense. He'll shoot out the mm-hmm. boomerang blades, but then uh, as it goes forward, will eventually just throw itself around the room as its own boomerang and kind of bound around with a very large hitbox, mind you, so you need to be very careful. Yeah. Um, it's pretty big for the room. It is. The room is not too big, but the rollster is actually quite large. It takes about, about maybe a sixth of the room. I'm just guesstimating. Um, <laughs> but as you beat as you beat him, you actually get a chest, a boss chest, which actually has health and bolts and an actual augment in there. Like, congratulations. Um, oh, yeah. But the ending Stuff. of each sta- of the stage here... Uh, you can grab loot from any chest, but there's three options available to you here at the end. You can grab the boss's power, which in this case was the boomerang blade. You can get extra bolts, or nuts, I guess. Nuts, let's call them nuts. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or you can get a one random augment. Um, so you can actually, you can only get one of them, though. So you have to choose wisely. Do you want the boss's power? Do you need the boss's power? Or do you want to kind of sacrifice that to get an augment that's permanent throughout the entire thing? Will it augment your abilities? Or do you need the cash? Yeah. So um, many tough choices. But it's an interesting trade-off here. Um, and honestly, on top of that, if you beat the level fast enough, you actually get another bonus, which is a speed bonus, which, if you had noticed, there was a timer in the bottom left. Uh, and if you manage to beat the entire stage, including the boss, in that time limit, you get another bonus chest which has another augment in there yeah 
Um, and also there's like the two scientists that kind of just kind of comment on your progress and initially are just kind of surprised that you succeeded. Um, by the way, yeah, it's like, whoa, these what? guys, these guys have got to be like the end bosses, right? They just seem too oh. weirdly menacing. That is, they genius. just like, it's like, they're not like Dr. Light where they actually care about no. you. It feels like legitimately they like, like they're science. They don't even seem evil. They just seem like scientists where they're just like observing you. And it's like, oh, like, let me write that down in my notebook. <laughs> like something's going to go wrong here. They're going to be the end bosses for sure. Or something like that. I can just, I just feel it that, in my bones. That would be great. Um, and Humans. then the, oh man, that'd be cool. And then <clears throat> it's interesting. Cause then you can decide from this point who you want to tackle next. You have one of three choices, uh, which is randomized each time, but you can still choose how you want to proceed. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> and then actually before we move on, um, one of the, one of the rewards you can actually get for beating the boss is called a nutsack. And uh, I'm going to leave <laughs> it at that. Uh, <laughs> Wait, is it nut sack or nut stack? No, I, I, I'm pretty sure it was, I don't know, maybe it was nut stack. Maybe I just missed the T. <laughs> Whatever it is, everyone just sees nut sack. I just looked at it immediately and I'm like, you did it. You <laughs> did it, guys. You did it. You get, you get, you get the golden award for jokery. <laughs> but I want to take a quick break before we move into level two. Level two. Alright. Gonna fight Perforator. Let's do this. Alright, but we gotta be a little careful because we're not doing so hot on health. Okay, okay. Um so there's some very precarious platforming here, right, and I well, don't really see a bottom to the to the hole here. Slowly. Alright. Okay. Are you ready? Line yourself up. Got it. And uh you gotta hit the dash button here. Are you ready? Yeah, yeah. I'm with you. Alright, we're gonna go. Right. One, two, three, <laughs> and jump! From the Department of Blame, I think we forgot to give this one a brain. Sad. 